It's the Friendly Fire Show episode 140 for the first proper day of E3 2019 press conferences. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Survivor, Steve Wright. I am Senior Editor from Survivor, Hamish. And I am an editor from Survivor, Jay. Oh, Jay's like the pleb. Sorry, Jay. Uh, (laughs) I I should really fix our titles. We're all basically senior editors at this point. It's kind of sad. Ben is not here because... Yeah, Ben's in uh in Los Angeles actually covering E3 with like actual hands-on controllers, but we're here in Melbourne just kind of covering it from the sidelines. But it's still fun. So what I thought we'd do today, uh, what we thought we'd do today, is just cover the first day and a bit of uh, E3 2019 press conferences. Uh, the and a bit stuff is because Google did something early, Bungie did something early. EA did something early and they're not technically involved with E3, but they're kind of just like piling on. And then properly, Microsoft and Bethesda did actual E3 press conferences today. So we'll cover all that stuff first. Uh, And I guess we'll just go chronologically, starting with Google Stadia. Um, The weird thing is it's not coming to Australia at launch, so it's all kind of moot, Um, but it's still kind of interesting. There's a whole bunch of facts, so I'll just quickly run through them and then I'll open up to Hamish and Jay uh, for their thoughts. So really quickly, there's basically three tiers of Google Stadia subscription. Uh, that's not true. There's two, Google Pro and Google Stadia Base, but uh, you can only get in at launch with the Google Stadia Founders Edition. Now that includes Google Pro, uh, Stadia Pro, I should say. It includes Destiny to the Collection, which will give you every bit of Destiny plus Shadowkeep. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, it's priced at $129.99 USD. Um, the Pro, uh, which is tied to that, is $9.99 a month. Uh, and then Google Stadia Base doesn't have a price yet. Google Pro, Stadia Pro, God, I'm tired already, uh, gives you up to 4K streaming, 60 frames per second in HDR with 5.1 surround sound. Uh, And then Google Stadia Base, which you can't get at launch anyway, is just 1080p, 60 frames per second. Uh, We don't have enough internet to run this, guys. But what do you think? Hamish, start off with your Stadia thoughts. Look, I think it's it's probably the way that gaming is going to go going forward, right? Because it means you don't need to have a console. You can just have like a streaming box. You don't need to have a $4,000 computer like to run great games at 4k i think it's the way forward but obviously that's going to be problematic i think it's only launching in is it 14 countries i think it's uh i think it's cool i think it's good but let's just wait and see how much of an impact it has otherwise we'll end up the same way i guess 3d tv did which is not great (laughs) well so here's the thing that i don't like jay if you're going to spend 130 dollars a that's for the founder's edition if you're going to spend 10 bucks a month to be able to stream games but then you have to also buy the games to stream are you cool with that is that like falling in line with like current subscription models or is that kind of like some double dipping action well that's what i was going to say we're already paying that or something similar for xbox live and ps plus um i mean with the exception of that you know they give you a few games every now and then and i'm sure stadia is going to have something like that i'm expecting they haven't said anything but uh i'm not too concerned with it if the quality is good Uh, It's not going to be that good here. I'm interested to see how it's going to work with people trying it on in Australia with VPNs because my internet connection is well above what they're expecting, what they're demanding to have even their base experience. Uh, So I think uh, my internet connection will cope, but I don't know the 
the technical implications of using a VPN, but I'm going to give it a shot as soon as it launches. That was such a humble brag. <laughs> My internet here in Australia is perfect. But anyway, how's yours? Um, I, I forgot to mention that as well. So the recommended minimum internet connection is 10 megabits per second. Megabytes or bits? Mbps per second. One of those. Uh, for 720, uh, if you want 1080, it's about 20 Mbps. Uh, now that I've doubted myself. And if you want a 4K stream, it's 35. So I'm about a 15 average. So I can get somewhere between 720 and 1080. So it's not that ideal for me. We might be blending bits and bytes though again there too. Because it's like, I think NBN's like 100 mega. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. 100 mega bit down. But that equates to like 12 to 15 megabytes. So depending on which one it is, it might be accessible in Australia. Or even on Jay's great connection. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, it's 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 the out of a hundred, I have fifteen. I know that. I don't know. How, I don't know what the acronym stands for anymore. I guess, but um, I'm not suited for 1080p. I was trying to watch like the Halo Infinite uh trailer on in 4K 60 frames, and I couldn't do it on my connection. But I can watch Netflix in 4K. So it's all about, I guess, the technologies as well that are doing the streaming. But this is also you need the upload as well theoretically to be able to handle input and input lag and all that kind of stuff <laughs> i think we can move on it's like it's it's actually moot unless you have a vpn you're gonna and you're gonna will you're willing to try it um the launch date of november means nothing to us because we're not one of the regions so that's done and dusted uh hamish your favorite thing in the world destiny 2 i'm not even gonna like recap the news you can just do it for me i reckon I mean, where do we start? Like, um, Bungie just comes out swinging the week before E3. Hey, look, we're ditching. Um, we are, they've already ditched Activision. We're ditching the Battle.net launcher now. Headed to Steam. It's already splashed up on the front page, which is fantastic. Cross saves, meaning that Steve and I can finally play together again, uh, which would be great. And I can ditch my shitty PC character from Battle.net, who's not very good, and, like, use my 690 Lite Guardian. Yes. Makes it much easier. <laughs> Um, what else is there? Free to play is pretty big. Um, Destiny 2 New Light, I believe that's going to be called. And it will feature all of the content up until Forsaken for free. Uh, and they're also adding in a new, uh, it was actually, well, I guess it's new to Destiny 2, but it's the original introductory mission from Destiny 1 at the start of Destiny 2 New Light, just to really actually give new players some purpose in Destiny, I guess, because the current Destiny 2 wouldn't really make a lot of sense otherwise. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense at the best of times anyways, but let's uh, let's not make it any more hard for them. Uh, and Shadowkeep, we're going back to the moon. Uh, the wizards are there again. Uh, we're going to be fighting all the old bad guys from Destiny 1 and some of the ones from Destiny 2 as well. So all in all, Bungie's got a lot of stuff coming our way, I think. And I wish I could clap between words, but that would be a horrible audio uh, thing for everyone. But like, Eris, clap, mourn, clap, returns, clap. Yes! Long absent, not even long absent, completely absent from Destiny 2. She's now back. Uh, actually, that's that's a lie. She was featured in some lore. But I mean, who reads the lore, right? Oh, but yeah, I mean, like properly. So I have, I well, thank, thank you, Hamish. Um, and well done, by the way. I kind of threw you in the deep end, like asking you to summarize the news when I told you before that I would do it. <laughs> but um, so I, you can have base Destiny basically for free right now anyway really like if you have a playstation plus subscription you have destiny 2 core 
Um, I got it on battle.net for PC because they had it for free at a certain time and I bought it and I play on Xbox. So like I have three versions of destiny two already. If I can get rid of my characters on two of those versions and just use my like strongest character across all three. And then obviously on the provision of having to buy the content on that platform, I'm cool with that. And that, and that means I can take my Xbox character, move it over to PC when I feel like it and play with Hamish because he's on PC or, you know, like I know Shane and a whole bunch of people play on PS4. I can sort of port over to PS4. And if I want to buy the content and play with them, I can like, I've, I've put thousands, literally thousands of hours into destiny. So I'm happy giving Bun- especially now Bungie, not Activision. I'm happy giving them more money to do this thing that I love doing. So I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't feel like I've been like, ripped off at any point in time hamish i don't know if you feel the same way uh, i definitely feel the same way i know that there are people around the internet that definitely were raging for refunds for a little while there and i mean well i kind of get it because they are they're obviously seeing it hey i bought this thing and it's being devalued now but i mean i i've played over two and a half thousand hours between destiny one and destiny two right i put in well over a thousand hours on destiny one and I put in like 800 hours, I think, so far, or 600 hours maybe, into Destiny 2 on PC and another 200 on Xbox. So it's like I put a ton of time into Destiny 2. So I think that I've kind of got that that investment back. And to me, what I want to see for Destiny going forwards is something that having a free-to-play base game will definitely help because I don't, like, I don't know how it's really gone on Xbox since uh, Destiny 2's launch, but there is a lot of ill will for Destiny 2 in the PC community. Uh, it gets compared to games like that are so much more, I guess, it's hard hard to say, but I guess it's more like player-focused, whereas Destiny 2 kind of wasn't, and there was a lot of things it did wrong, and there's a lot of like a lot of bad faith because of that on PC. So hopefully this will bring some more people back in and we'll get a larger player base. Uh, I know that Crucible on PC is very, which is the PvP mode, player versus player, very, very sweaty at the best of times because pretty much all the, all the people that are left playing Crucible are good at it. So it's like going to be great to have some new blood in there. And I think it'll just be good to have just more players playing Destiny so we can get more good content. Yeah, and like, and I knew I knew that you were moving to PC ages ago, Hamish, and I'm like, uh, I should do it, but like, I, I can't play with keyboard and mouse. So I'd be playing with a controller on PC, and my PC kind of can run Destiny, but like not to the point where I want to really like make that my platform. Um, but now I can just kind of bounce back and forth between either like, and, you know, like, uh, I put the resolution down to something like a potato and kind of just like make it work and still use my, my controller and you guys do keyboard and mouse and like carry my ass, but that's fine. Um, it's, I I like the idea of it and I'm, I'm fine with that. I guess the, the big thing is that you look at games like overwatch, which aren't cross save. So like, that's, it's another story, but like they have these loot box transactions that basically pay for future updates and stuff and like Bungie's now kind of just continuing to sell you bit by bit by bit by bit so it's that's kind of sad in that point where like you just you're continually paying but like I said like I've put in so much time into this that I don't feel bad for giving them money because I'm I'm quite happy with it Mm. and I mean you're spending maybe uh what 40 bucks 50 bucks a year and if you look at games like wow which are like expansion games where you pay 15 bucks 20 bucks a month it's like it kind of equals out in the end and i think you've also danced around the important thing 
for you, Steve, is achievements, right? And there was none on Battle.net, and there will be them on Steam. So maybe, hey, maybe that's a bit more of a... Well, and that's a good thing to mention, obviously, um, because uh, Bungie's no longer with Activision Blizzard, Battle.net access is is kind of weird. So it will stop the Battle.net and move to Steam if you have the Battle.net version and any DLC and stuff that automatically transfers to Steam for free. So awesome. And it moves to Steam and not like the Epic Game Store, which like, let's not get into that today. But like, that seems to make people happy. Um, the only thing I guess that we haven't mentioned, which is kind of moot again for Australia, is that the cross-save thing does work between Xbox, PC, PS4, but not Google Stadia. So if you spend 130 bucks to get the Stadia version, you can transfer your character, but then they're stuck there. So, but like why anyone would do that is beyond me at this point. I think we covered it though. Yeah. Any last thoughts? <laughs> Whoops. Um, we'll go straight into uh, EA then. So Jedi Fallen Order and Apex Legends, I think are the only things really worth talking about. So we'll start with Jedi Fallen Order. Um, we didn't learn a lot. Uh, there were some pre-order bonuses we already knew the release date, which I forget and don't ask me to remember it. Um, but basically, we saw some actual gameplay. And to me, the easiest way to summarize it is that it is the Force Unleashed with some Titanfall stuff in it. Jay, what do you think? Well, I really, really loved Titanfall. And then when I saw that wall running, I just got mad because it, it looks to me on the gameplay, it's you know, it's only you know, a limited amount of gameplay that they've shown. But it seems to me that you can only wall run on certain surfaces and not everywhere so you can't include it in combat and all of that but overall to me it appears to be like just every other game it doesn't a lot of you know star wars fan service which is great for the star wars fans but i don't think it's going to be drawing any you know anyone new to the franchise if there's anyone left Haim, what do you think uncharted with lightsabers i mean it's just like it just looks like the stock standard third person uh, action game, right? There's nothing super exciting about it. Force Unleashed, yeah, did it before, right? So it's like cool, hitting people with lightsabers, some tougher enemies. It looks like it's going to be full of quick time events, which I'm not super stoked about. Like in that fight with the uh, that special trooper, it's just like that just screams. Yeah, that just screams quick time event central. And it's like all the stuff, all the set pieces, I was just like, oh, God. Look, I, I love Respawn. I love the games they make. Um, and I think that it will probably have a good story just because that's what they can do. But again, if it's just going to be uncharted with lightsabers, I mean, we've done that to death, right? So, <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, I was kind of, th- I threw you under the bus, Ham, because I wasn't sure what you thought. And Jay seemed like okay with it, but not as enthused as I can possibly be. I feel like you guys hit it pretty much square on the head but also like you can slow down time and pull a trooper into his own blaster bolt which is cool and i'm kind of excited for that kind of stuff but i'm not sure how much like those kind of cool force combos will actually play into combat so it's hit or miss well and this is canon but it's also like between the first trilogy and the second trilogy we kind of know how it ends so like it's not like you're going to be a beacon of hope for the Jedi. Well, I get like maybe no, not really. Like, cause he doesn't, he's not in the, the movies. He is like a flame that burns brightly and then probably just 
stops existing. But anyway, it'll be fun. Um, Apex Legends Season 2. I think we all sort of dabble in Season 2 stuff. Um, The big news is that they're introducing daily and weekly challenges, which only really made their uh, debut with weekly challenges as part of the Bloodhound-themed thing that I forget the name of, Legendary Hunt, I think. Um, And the, the really big news is that we're getting a new character in the form of Watson, who's not really um, an aggressive character, but kind of like an engineer slash rapper who has cool like Tesla-themed powers. Uh, who wants to talk about this? Because I'm running out of things to say. As far as uh, this new character, though, Watson, I've got one concern with her. With these big Tesla barriers that she puts up, isn't that just going to draw attention to your squad? They seem to be really easy to see. Um, maybe it's just the way they set them up in the the trailer that they played today. But uh, it seems to be everyone's going to know. Well, that's where the team is. Let's go. Yeah, let's go that way. So yeah, she's cool. I think the point of her is to try to a, a big thing and a big th- problem I have with Apex Legends is it's everyone's super kill focused. So everyone wants everyone wants to get in there, but not they don't want to get in there straight away, right? They want to be the third team to a fight. And I think Watson's kind of going to be in place to stop that third team from being able to engage properly. So I think she brings in some pretty interesting mechanics and probably some more interesting stuff going forward. Um, I, I just Apex Legends, I think, is sh- sh- shooted, shot, it's shot, if that makes sense already, because it's kind of like there's been a really big gulf of content. <laughs> um, a gulf of content. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if it can bring back players, but maybe it's already... Too late for a game that was really big on release. So, I've noticed that because I, I jumped in for the weekly challenges this week and um, I've hit top five team every time I've played. I've won twice. No, I've won once. And I've played like four games um, since I've come back. And I'm not, I'm like, I'm good, but I'm not good, if that makes sense. So I'm kind of excited about it though. Just like another player that changes the meta. Um the other thing is they're like teasing map events with the flyers, the big kind of like dragon-like things that were in Titanfall. Um, and they, and they kind of teased it, but there's already been a data mine that says like there's already voice recordings that like we know you can ping the flyers and there's concept art where you can see like Octane riding a flyer. So they're trying to change it up to make it a little less shooty-shooty and maybe a little, like a little bit more of a long-term thing. I don't know. Well, there you go. I, I'm like I would happily play again with you guys. Uh, the yeah, I, like if they could embrace some sort of cross save, cross play. But again, like you can't combine console and PC. So like I don't know. I I do not have a solution. And she has like a shield and that fence thing. So I'm not sure which is which. But one of those things at least um, also like buffs your teammates. So like one of those things will recharge shields without having to use like a shield recharge so it's like there's a little bit of risk reward i guess in doing it yeah moving on um microsoft so this is actually the first press conference of today proper um for the first time really ever not competing against sony um and before we get into news i i think they did a really really good job they it wasn't a hint of something to come in years, you know, like down the road, it was, we've committed to these first party studios. Here's what we're doing. Here's one new one. Like we're doubling down. And I think it might be too late for this generation, but I think Xbox really will compete with Sony in the next generation. 
I think the thing about Sony is, and like Ben and I have said this ages and ages and for ages and ages, is that like we've heard about The Last of Us Part Two and all these Sony games for years and years and years and years and years. And like they, they've had a consistent string of games, but this last string is coming out ages down the line and they just, they have nothing else to really say about it that they haven't said before. Um, and I think, I think Microsoft did that like at the tail end of 360. And then when Xbox one came around, they were kind of screwed. So I'm not saying that Sony's going to be in the same boat. I think Sony's kind of, trying to future proof itself as well. And that's why they're, they've kind of kept quiet and there's stuff that will be a surprise in years to come. But um, I've lost my train of thought. So that's enough. Uh, let's get into games then, because I'm just moving along. Bleeding edge is the first game under Ninja theory uh, as a Microsoft game studios studio. It's not anything like DMC devil may cry or, uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. It is a 4v4 multiplayer fighting game, which I didn't expect, and I'm not sure what I think about it. So I don't know what you think, Jay, but I'm keen to hear it. My first thought before, when they started talking about it, before they started showing any in-game footage, I thought, are they just going to try and rip off Smash Brothers? And then they showed it, and it's not... 2D, it's 3D, it's, I, I don't know of anything like it, really. So, it's, I mean, I'm sure there's games out there like it, but nothing comes to mind. And It's like Overwatch and For Honor, I think. Like Overwatch with the characters and For Honor with like the battle, but I don't know if that's like doing it a disservice. It looks like they all have like special abilities and you can also use like the world as a an interactive thing. Like you can hit someone to a moving train so they get wiped out. So who knows if that's going to be cool or not. Um, Something that I kind of picked up on is that um, obviously Ninja Theory was picked up last year by Microsoft. And when they announced the game today after the leak, um, they said, you know, we've been working on this for years. So like, I feel like this is kind of one that maybe Microsoft is just letting Ninja Theory have, and they might not be keen on it, but it's like, eh, it's already like half done. So like, I guess just put it out and let's get you back on like a, like a Hellblade kind of track after this. But I don't know if that's the case. Um, I, I liked DMC. If the combat is somehow like DMC, I'm cool for it. But like DMC was also just basically modeled off Devil May Cry. So I don't see the connection. Um, and I don't know what to expect. Uh, the runaway of the show at E3 so far basically has been Keanu Reeves walking on stage, not only giving us the release date for Cyberpunk 2077, uh, which is, I'm stalling for time. I'll get back to that in a second because my page reloaded. It's the uh, 16th of April, 2020. Um, but he's also confirmed as an in-game character. Um, it's Keanu Reeves. It's Cyberpunk, which was already like crazy amazing how can you not like cyberpunk 2077 jay like instant first day buy or what uh i i never pre-order games and i've got this pre-ordered granted yeah yeah that's right granted that my initial pre-order money was on another game and then on another game which i cancelled after those games came out but this is um an absolute day one buy for me uh and it's it's funny because everyone is really excited about it because of how good uh you know the witcher was uh, but it's to, I didn't love The Witcher. It was a good game, but I didn't love it. Um, but I think this is this is what I wanted Deus Ex to be like. 
Keanu came out and owned it, right? It's, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm a little bit worried about him because I really hope he doesn't get milkshake ducked, and I also hope you know what that means, um, because <laughs> because he is super popular at the moment, right? Like he's he's effortless, effortlessly winning the internet, and it's kind of worrying. Um, but as for Cyberpunk, look, I I liked The Witcher three. Uh, I didn't finish it. I didn't get past Novigrad because it got too much. And I think I'm a little bit worried about that with Cyberpunk as well. Like the scope of the game is huge. And I'm the kind of like, I'm kind of like a, not like a linear path, but I have to do everything. And so if it gets too big, that gets problematic for me personally. Um, But firstly, it's been out, like we've been hearing about it forever. And I don't think, I think I'm past the point of being excited for it, where it's just like, I just kind of want it to be out already. Because uh, there's this really big, I'm I'm going to be a bit of a party pooper, but I think there's this really big zeitgeist around cyberpunk, and it's like, can it ever actually live up to all of this hype? You know what I mean? We're mostly excited for it. Maybe who knows what happens? Um, I'm actually super duper excited for a game by Annapurna Interactive called Twelve Minutes, and it's basically like creepy Groundhog Day. Sierra, male protagonist. Sorry, everyone, if you wanted to be the wife in this case, but it's, it's it seems like a pretty like it's like a linear kind of telltale like thing where like you have like a very specific set of events and you have to figure it out. Um, you play as a man who lives a, twen- a 12 minute uh, time loop uh, where a whole bunch of stuff goes wrong, basically, like you start with your wife telling you that she's pregnant you have already lived this loop. So you tell her that you already know that then like you get a knock on the door with the police air quotes, police saying that they're investigating your wife's husband's or sorry, your wife's dad's death. But like maybe your wife killed him, but you're not sure. And like, you just go through time loops and it looks, it looks like a top down kind of puzzle game, like very story focused. It looks really, really cool. I'm very, very excited about it. It's like observation, which just came out um, from devolver. Like just one of those like really tightly scripted games where like, I'm just, I'm there for the ride. Moving quite along. Did you know that George RR R. Martin doesn't want to finish game of Thrones? So he's like basically just doing anything he can in his power to, to not finish. Uh, in this case, he's joined uh, from software to make a game called Elden ring, which looks and sounds and feels a lot like Lord of the Rings. I it's like a dark soulsy kind of RPG fantasy thing, which I kind of fall off of immediately, but Hey, maybe you know more about it than I do or want to talk about it. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings, Dark Souls, and probably my favorite like game series ever too. It's, um, I mean, book series, uh, a song of ice and fire, game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, like combining those three together just sounds like the most, I guess, optimal kind of game for me. So, I mean, we'll see how it ends up going. Um, we don't have tons of information yet other than it's like got one of the best writers ever and one of the best game directors ever helming it. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, I think I saw somewhere that there's like, it's there's kingdoms and you take on the power of the monsters at the head of the kingdoms that you slay. It's going to be like, it's going to be dark souls, but also Lord of the Rings written by George R. R. Martin. And I mean, come on, does it get much better than that? I don't care or no, or I'd either or, uh, Jay, do you have any thoughts on this game? I've concerns about old Georgie Boy being involved in the writing of this. He is known for the you know the lot the Lord of Rings the the Game of Thrones series or Song of Ice and Fire. 
very, very technical, you know, lots of different characters involved, quite complicated to follow. Granted, I've actually never read the books, uh, only seen the show. I know, but um, the, uh, but from what I, from what I've heard is that they can be really complicated. And as much as I love a really good narrative in a story, in a, in a game, this doesn't suit George's, you know, what, what George is known for. He's, I don't think you're going to be able to get a story you can follow really well. I mean, from software's games, they've got their sort of odd stories anyway, but uh, I think he's going, he runs the risk of confusing things, like making things too complicated for a video game setting. But it's from software, so I'm still keen for it. <laughs> now, I, I, I realize we're running quite long on time. So I'm going to try to like summarize a whole bunch of stuff and then we can talk about like this thing in general. So uh, Xbox Game Pass on PC was detailed. It's $10.95 a month normally. It's $4.95 right now. You can get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for like 16 bucks in Australia per month and that combines Xbox Game Pass console and PC and Xbox Live. Um, you can get your first month of Ultimate for a dollar right now and you can roll up all of your other uh, subscriptions into a total of up to 36 months of like ultimate time. So it's probably worth doing. Um, If you hit the site up, there's like a pricing guide that Jay and I and Ben did ages ago. That's been updated for current stuff. If you want to learn more about that Um, flight simulator, uh, age of empires two definitive edition, halo master chief collection, that's what it's called. Yep, cool. They're all on PC and part of Game Pass PC as are a hundred other titles from a range of other developers and like PC focused, like so things like Football Manager 2019, um, just off the top of my head. That's all happening, which is really cool. Uh, they've also announced that Project X Cloud will allow console to like handheld device uh streaming and also project x cloud on its own will just let you access your uh xbox live library to stream when you can't stream from your console Uh, i know i'm speaking for ben because he's not here obviously ben's in la but ben has had a chance to stream uh i forget which xbox one game it's either like forza or halo or gears i think um he's already tried streaming via xbox uh or Project X Cloud, he said, is pretty good. Um, so that's cool. Xbox's big thing, which is Halo Infinite and Project Scarlet, which is the next gen Xbox, which I'm going to quickly read some specs that make little to no sense to me, but maybe Hamish or Jay, you can uh, make it make more sense. Uh, it's a custom designed AMD processor with high bandwidth, GDDR6 memory, and a next gen solid state drive. I know what that is. Um, basically, this console will run games natively at 4K with 60 frames per second, per second but it's capable of up to 20 frames per second and 8K. Uh, I don't see any value, at least in the next four to five years, more than 4K at 60 frames per second, but maybe you guys think differently. Uh, up to 20, 120 frames and up to 8K. I doubt, sorry, did I screw up? Sorry. 120 frames and 8K resolution, it's probably one or the other. Like the Xbox now can do 4K or 60 frames, um, but like it's targeting for every game 4K at 60 frames. So technical, which I think is enough because I don't think anybody has technology in their home that can do that consistently now. <laughs> 
well, good for them. What do you guys actually think about the the tech? Like, and then we'll get into Halo. I'm just really quickly pulling up a Project Scarlet Specs thing so I can run down that super quick. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Just It seemed like they misspoke in the thing because they said the solid state drive and the SSD are different, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, look, if it's going to be four times more powerful than the Xbox One X, that's going to be probably better than my home PC and it was like top of the range up until last year. Um, what's the price going to be? That's like my real big worry because, I mean, 800 bucks is a lot of money, I think, and that's kind of what it's looking like at the moment. Like you would have to think it's going to be not cheap. Um, partnering with AMD, which is good, you know. Um, AMD making really good uh, hardware at the moment. They're killing it with their CPUs and killing it with, like they're starting to catch up on their GPUs at least. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of cloud computing in it as well. Uh, I remember that was rumored that Xbox were gonna, or Microsoft were going to do a an Xbox that was a beefy unit and an Xbox that was most, mostly focused on streaming, but obviously we've only really heard about one of those potentially so far. Um, DDR6, that's good. That's the newest, like biggest, baddest RAM that there is kicking about. Um, oh, and, and hardware accelerated ray tracing, which I sort of get, but not really. Yeah, well, I, and I do like that Microsoft has kind of been very upfront about like native 4K 60 frames and not trying to like, like 8K was kind of like a sidebar down the press release. And I feel like, and not like, I'm probably biased. Uh, like I am biased. Let's let's be honest. But I feel like Sony's Sony's weird like reveal was like 8K. It's like, no one needs 8K. I don't know if I can even see an 8K. I need glasses. I don't like it's, I'm going to struggle. So I'm happy with like 4K at 60 frames right now, maybe with like 4K at 120 frames. Like I'm cool with that. Oh, so something that we got to see today in 4K at 60 frames was uh, in-engine stuff for Halo Infinite, which is confirmed as a launch title on Project Scarlet and uh, Windows PC. And we didn't mention that Scarlet comes out for holiday 2020, so likely November 2020. Uh, We don't know if Infinite is going to be available on Xbox One, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Uh, And it is three years after Halo 5 and... We don't know much about it still, but it looks cool. Um, well, to be honest, it's it's maybe if it's the only game that comes out on it at the time. Um, but um, to be honest, what what excited me about it was not necessarily the fact that it was a Halo game. I mean, I, I agree that you know the first three were were great, and everything everything after that has been a bit meh. But the the fact that that was in game footage and a lot of the trailers that they showed that were just today that were just cinematics were on par with that, and that. You know, pre-recorded stuff. I mean, this is, you know, everything's going to have a bit of polish on it. But as in-game footage, I was incredibly impressed by what, you know, just just how it looked, the detail. Uh, that's actually what has sold me on the Scarlet rather than the fact that a Halo game is going to be on there. I think that Halo, as Hamish said, it's been going on for way too long. There's been only one game in the series on the current gen. So it's, it's easily forgotten about now. Um, but just the, like I said, the quality of that trailer and just how, how pretty it was, uh, is what's sold me on the console, but I'm not sold on the game. I've heard rumors it's an RPG and like, maybe you're going to play as the dude instead of like, you're going to try to become your own Spartan, which I'd be kind of cool with. Like, I'm, I'm happy for like a, a game like that set in the Halo universe with like Halo mechanics, but like Master Chiefs, I don't know if he's kind of played out or what, but. 
There you go. So we we have a we have a release date. We don't have a price. Uh, we have a second gen Xbox Elite controller, which uh, has like an inbuilt battery. It's two fifty Australian. So I'm thinking like Xbox Two, for lack of a better word, Project Scarlet or PS Five. Like we're looking at about a thousand dollars a console here, um, at least. But maybe it has enough tech to last us six or eight years so it's sort of worth the purchase i don't know i don't want to think about it um anything else with microsoft before we move on to bethesda (laughs) uh bethesda largely was bullshit if i'm being honest um there was a lot of elder scroll stuff that i give zero care about uh elder scrolls online elsewhere uh elder scrolls legends slash elsewhere expansion elder scrolls blades which who cares but it's also coming to switch so that's some news for you um the randomest stuff was at fallout 76 they also like they they said how bad it was and apologized for it but then they're like we're doing it bad now like no no it's way too late for that um also they're introducing human npcs in an expansion called wastelanders which is it's all free by the way because no one's playing fallout um and Bethesda tried to make it seem like the human NPCs a year later was like always the plan. Whereas like clearly it's Bethesda reacting to no one liking Fallout 76. Um, uh, Bethesda, I would quickly like to talk about Commander Keen, which like we've all jokingly made a, a reference that Commander Keen was going to make a resurgence. Well, it has this year, but it's like a shitty free play mobile game you're not even Commander Keen. You're Commander Keen's like twin kids, Billy and Billy, because the original Commander Keen named Billy named his own kids Billy. It's I, I fucking hate it. Like I just I can't. I love Commander Keen. Like I'm the age where I grew up playing Commander Keen shareware on my parents' like shitty 386, and I loved every bit of my life. Like if they make a Jill of the Jungle remake that's like actually good i have basically died and gone to heaven but like what do you think of commander keen way to murder an old franchise right like i know that that's like a loved thing back in the day but gaming's moved so far on like it's no just no oh sorry i'm like i'm really i'm sorry i'm vocal about this but they also spent like a good two minutes like telling you what commander keen was in case you didn't know like oh come on i hate you so much I still can't kind of justify it. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, Blades, Legends, uh, so much stuff I didn't care about. Um, it's kind of in the same vein, I guess, is Orion, and I'm kind of I'm just gonna read what I've wrote because I don't quite understand it. So Orion is a proprietary piece of software that's integrated within a game engine, but is available for all game engines, which. Um, achieves dramatic latency reductions of up to 20% per frame plus up to 40% less bandwidth. So it's like not a streaming service, but it's like tech that works with a streaming service to lower the demands of streaming through Bethesda, but for everyone. And they made this like weird deal about talking about how they made like the id engine and all these things. And like they made the first VR and they went to like, lawsuits up the bugger eve like to prove that they had oculus first and all this kind of stuff it's like like that's nice but like i don't this isn't for us this is for maybe publishers like behind closed doors i don't quite get it 
Moving on to good shit then. Good. Perfect. Um, so like the actual two things, the only two things really, and I haven't played Doom Eternal, so Jay, you'll get to that at the end. But the only two things I actually liked about this press conference were Shinji Mikami's new game with uh, Tango Softworks or Software, I can't remember, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which is not a survival horror game. It is a, an action adventure game. So like Shinji's going RE2 to RE4 again with like a spooky game that's not survival horror, but like a, a cool action-y game, um, which I am all for. And I just watched the trailer before we started this, guys. And like, there's so many cool, just like Japanese elements and weird, like spooky ghost things. And I'm just so jazzed for this. I can't wait to play this game when it comes out. I need to see more. The trailer was absolutely beautiful um, It's in, in every way. I thought it was really, really cool. And again, any new IP I'm keen on seeing more about, uh, unless it's a sort of really hardcore RPG sort of thing. But this um, this looks really cool. Uh, and the just I'm, I'm just skipping through the trailer now. I'm just looking at it sort of fast forward on YouTube, and I'm looking at that fo- that shot of the noodles coming out of the broth, and I'm like, who can animate that? That looks amazing. So if if that's anything to go by, um, I'm um, yeah, I'm, I'm very keen on it. I really liked the, the Evil Within. Um, I but I, I try to sort of keep myself fairly reserved when I don't see any gameplay. But I'm, 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 I'll give Shinji the benefit of the doubt. Uh, moving on, something that I'm not quite familiar with too much, but like Hamish has already talked about it, so I'm getting ready to throw to you, Hamish. Uh, it's a game called Deathloop by Arcane. So it's a first-person uh, action game where it's kind of like maybe like um, that Tom Cruise movie, Live, Die, Repeat. What's it called? Thank you. Uh, is that accurate? Because I didn't have a chance to kind of reacquaint myself with it. Hamish, take it away, hopefully. So obviously all we got was a, a trailer and as uh, without any actual gameplay. And as Jay said, it's best to be reserved when it comes to that sort of thing. We don't actually know whether you're going to be, like which of the characters you're going to play, whether you played both or anything like that. But conceptually, it seems cool. So the trailer, <coughs> excuse me, the trailer kind of paints it so that you to see both sides so you see one person trying to break the loop and the other person trying to maintain the loop which is kind of reminiscent of a it's on that netflix um series yeah i mean we don't know much about it it looks like it's gonna be another one of those causal time loop kind of things oh love sex and robots or something like that yeah nice um so jay i think that it's cool i like we know a lot more about Doom Eternal, and uh, it has the honor of being Survivor's first Best of E3 2019 game of the year. Um, and you had a chance to go to LA and play it earlier in, or later in May, I guess. Earlier, comma, later, late in May. Oh, God, I'm so tired. Um how about you tell us kind of what you think of it, what you think has uh, changed from the first game. And I know that Hamish wasn't crazy about the 2016 reboot. So maybe you guys can have a bit of a conversation about what he didn't like and if maybe it it, it uh, can fix some of that or if it's something that's not really up his alley. Take it away. This is Doom 2016 plus a little more. It's fast. It's violent. It's uh, It's full on nearly constantly it is just really 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 fun uh, it's got everything that i loved about the about doom 2016 um 
the, the, the extra stuff that they have put in uh, builds on the, the main mechanics of, you know, you've got to do glory kills to get ammo, you've got to do uh, chainsaw, sorry, glory kills to get health, chainsaw kills to get ammo, and now you've got a flame kill to get uh, armor. Um, so, and then you can actually combine them all together to get massive drops of everything. Um, it's does have a few things that concern me. Uh, it's got the this wall climbing mechanic, which just brings everything to a halt, and I think it's potentially going to be a bit of a problem. It's probably can almost guarantee it's going to be the main criticism that critics will have when it come when it comes out. That said, it's it's just good dumb fun. It's probably the best way I can describe it. You don't have to think. You can move around really quickly. It's just all fluid. Uh, weapons are fun. Uh, that's probably the best thing or the most I can say about it. One thing I didn't mention in my preview, um, which I thought about, but the preview was getting a bit too long. So uh, the game also includes a one-up or extra lives, but you can only carry one at a time. And they, you can see those in the trailers that they've been showing today. That uh, So it essentially gives you a bit of a, a do-over, which makes exploration uh, worthwhile because you have to get these things from uh, hard-to-reach places. Um, personally, I thought that kind of killed it a bit as well. Um, the game's supposed to be hard, and this makes it a little bit too easy, uh, but maybe they're trying to make it a bit more approachable while encouraging exploration. But uh, when I played it, I actually went back and played the demo again. Uh, so I played, spent two hours playing the game, uh, and... Um, yeah, it's great. And Hamish, if you don't like the first one, what do you really know about games? Look, I don't want to start a flame war, <clears throat> so I'm not going to go into it too much. But I just so here's here's my problem with Doom. I can actually check how much I played of it, and um, I'm not going to do that right now, though. Um, I played like let's say I played the first 20 minutes of Doom 2016, right? And then I played the next 20 minutes, and it was the exact same. And then I played another five minutes and it was just the same game again. Is is the new one the same? Is Doom Eternal going to be more of that? Probably, yeah. I would, I would say it is. So you're not, so you're not going to be impressed by it. Uh, I think that once you... So, so what did you say? So, 20, so you said about an hour of Doom 2016. There are things that change it up as you get further into it. But at its main core... That is what it, it is. What it is. You're running around really fast, and you're killing demons and trying to survive. As Steve said, it's there's some some extra fun you can throw in there by trying to do things different ways. Um, Doom Eternal's got this uh, this grapple hook that you can uh, the meat hook they're calling it, which you've got on your shotgun, uh, which you know gives you more opportunities to be a bit creative in how you move around the world. Uh, but this is probably not going to be for you. Oh, we're killing it. Um, you can find me on Stavivor.com, uh, S-Write-A-U on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Hamish, if you want to be found, how do we find you so people can like get mad at you for uh, Monster Hunter World Reviews, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, just feed me some more of those like death threats. That, that was great. <laughs> I, hey, two whole Reddit threads, man. Two whole Reddit threads. Uh, you can find me on Survivor, though I haven't written anything there for a while because uni is slaying me. Uh, or on Twitter, if you want to hear my boring rants, at Hamish SL. Uh, you can find me on Survivor. I don't write anywhere else. Uh, or on Twitter, J-J-A-Y, balls up, or one word. And you're probably going to see photos of cats and maybe my um, my daughter sometimes. So, yeah, have fun with that. Yes. Hi, Charlie.
Glad you slept, Charlie. Well done, Charlie. Um, guys, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I think what we're going to try to do uh, in the future is have Ben and I, like the old stalwarts who are more wordy than anything else, uh, and have like a third guest star. I think when we have more than three people, it's two people, too many people talking over each other. So um, you guys are out for E3. You're done. Sorry. You're you're done. Uh, we're going to the uh, newly married Luke and uh, Stu joining us tomorrow for day two. Uh, and I think we're probably just going to skip Nintendo for current coverage. And then Ben and I will kind of just like summarize that together with uh, his hands-on impressions. And then after that happens, we'll probably like start rotating a third person. If you guys are game and you don't have to tell me if you're game right now, because people are listening and you might not want to do that. But um we're looking at kind of rotating into third person. If your game, let me know individually on like, don't social media me. That's weird. Um, but we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, sorry. I'm rambling now. Thank you guys so much for joining us listeners and readers. Uh, Jay and Hamish say goodbye and then we'll be, we'll be done. Goodbye. Grandpa's later. We're done. <laughs>